What's up, guys? Welcome to BitCast, episode 29, for the week of April 16th, 2017, the second podcast this week. I'm your host, Jake Martin. In the studio this week, we have a good friend of mine and BitCast newcomer, the one and only Jonathan Moore. Good morning, America. <laughs> Jonathan, uh, thank you so much for being here. And before we do anything else, I want to know, why are there so many Jonathans that, ha- that spell their name differently? You know, it's a great question and one I've thought about a lot. Um, almost every Jonathan spells it wrong. In fact, they, they spell it wrong if they spell it differently than if it's different. J O N A T H A N. Yes, if it's different than your name. That's my personal it's opinion. So yeah. today I thought of this because that's why I want to ask that question because I inputted somebody's name and it was like J O H N A T H A N, and then it was J O. Wrong. It was close to yours, but instead of an A at the end, it was O at the end. That's absurd. So it's like Joe, absurd. Joe Nathan. That's, that's what it looked like to me. So <laughs> can you, so you have no answer for me as to why? No, only the, the problem of evil <laughs> probably brought about different <laughs> spellings of Jonathan. I don't know. This back originated when, back, back when in, the world was perfect. This was, originated right after Adam actually, oh yeah. Adam and Eve sinned. Oh yeah. And the, the name jo- Jonathan started getting the spelled Jonathan real weird. Spelled real weird. There's a, there's a few Jonathans in the Bible, right? Yeah. And, Funny how they're spelled, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N. Well, uh, then I guess mm. that's factual evidence of how it's supposed to be sure spelled. Is. <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, for any returning listeners, um, this is BitCast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, remember to like, subscribe, or share the podcast if you're a fan of it. Um, I would super appreciate it, and I think Jonathan would also. Um, and then if you want to go the extra mile, you can also leave a review, but that's totally your call. Hey Jake, where can I leave a review? Uh, you can leave a review on iTunes, uh, as well as Google play and Stitcher, um, preferably iTunes or Google play since those are more highly trafficked, um, mm. services. Mm. Okay. But, uh, regardless, whatever you do out there, if you do it, let me know and I'll read it live on the podcast. Oh, that's an honor. And that's a, that's a, that's a big deal. A we don't have honor. any new ones, so I can't read. read any new ones. <laughs> we only have eight right now, so we'll, we'll get there. Um, so anyways, um, yes, we have, uh, some new digs in the office. We have a new computer set up. It's nice and fancy, fancy it's pants shiny. in here. Um, and, uh, before we get started, I wanted to kind of give you guys a, a rundown of Jonathan, um, kind of who he is as well as let him ex- kind of explain that. Um, but we have a funny story. So we actually work together at Bellhops Moving Incorporated, or actually, I think we lost the Incorporated. I think it's just Bellhops. Yeah, it's not very sexy. Uh, shout out to you guys. I'm receiving actually some payment for this for doing a podcast for mm. Bellhops. So, As you're am welcome. I. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess um, when did we first meet? Mm, it was probably late May in 2016. I just remember hearing those are the good days. This, this man, Jake Martin, is coming, and people were saying Jake is coming, Jake is coming, and then all of a sudden. The lonely intern walks in one day and this guy named Jake appears with tons of uh, nerd toys at his desk, very confidently placing them all over <laughs> all over his desk. We was got that the, the Rubik's first day? Cube. Oh, it was day one. Oh, man. Definitely day first one. Day. And I was just struck by the, the confidence. It was great. Yeah, this guy has a lot of stupid toys on his desk. <laughs> and I'm sitting right next to him. And he's totally fine with it. It was well, great. For me... When I came in, like the previous day, I had like an anxiety attack because I was so nervous um, about transitioning jobs. And then mm. I sit down next to you and I was like, thank goodness I'm sitting next to this kid because he just seems like goofy and fun. And I did well, kid was the wrong term because mm-hmm. yeah. I, I assumed you're about my age, honestly. But I was like, I'm sitting next to this guy and he seems to be about the same like humor level as me. So we should get along fine. Oh, yeah. You said a lot of words uh, like swag. 
and uh, and dope and dope and uh, crush. That's what the kids are saying these days. I can't uh, help it. And so I had that. That's why I assumed you were younger because you need to sort of say mm-hmm. those words. Well, turns out you're actually what three years older than me. Yes, recently turning twenty five. Yeah, so I'm I'm a, I'm an adult now. Mm, um, that's rough. And you're not so. All right. This is my podcast. All right. Well, I'll just don't leave. you even dare think that you're going to interview me today. Um, so the uh, drink of the show today is water and a nice 1987 Chateauneuf du Pape, um, mm. or a thirteen dollar bottle of wine that I can't remember the name of right now. So that's what actually what we're drinking. Was that a foreign language you were just speaking? That was a uh, French. Ooh, or, enchanté. Or as, or as the French say, François. <laughs> I don't, is that actually, uh, they might say it like that. I don't know if I they say that or not. No one really knows, honestly. Um, but again, uh, so yeah, we can't, we don't really touch on this, but yeah, so we, we've worked together. Um, and luckily we, we parted ways. We were on different teams for mm. a while after that. And Terrible then, dark time. And then it came full circle and we're back on the same team. Thanks to good old Jack Smith. Shout out, oh, to, shout shout out, out to Jack, Jack right now. <laughs> He's an avid listener on this podcast. Um, doesn't really know much about video games, but he will after this. Um, is he really a, a subscriber? I don't. I don't think he is. He will I, be I've after asked tonight. him to review, and he said, "I don't. I don't support that that sinner nonsense." <laughs> <laughs> Some, oh, something okay. along the lines of that. And I was like, "Oh, dang it!" Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah. Now to this day, we're back in the same team, and it's just it's just like a, it's a dream. It's, it's just a miracle. Um, you know, every day we get to go to the office and have the best time. Mm-hmm. You know, we we do a lot of activities. Like sitting at our desk and working on our computer, and we we have some Google Docs. Mm. Those are those we are share fun those. activities. We also share, we share Google Sheets too. Don't oh, forget those. Can't forget the as sheets. well as sometimes mm. I'll stand up and go sit at the couch. Oh, and sometimes we share the couch, <laughs> and that's cool. Yeah, and even maybe some coffee. Yeah, sometimes we'll some get coffee. coffee at the same time. Sometimes. But not if I've had too much coffee. That's true. Then I'll lay off and just get water. Yeah, that's healthy, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> So all the all the really the things you probably wouldn't do in a standard office we do so yeah we have a good time some yoga <laughs> we don't do yoga actually the image of Jake doing yoga is very funny to me we don't we don't do yoga that's a huge lie but, but if we did it would be awesome we could we could talk to Emma see if she can get us in oh here. Emma could get us set up, up. Dude, yeah. we, have to, we have to make sure we link all the shout outs in here so everyone knows oh you're right mentioned. I'll make sure to put the timestamps in there Wait, so they can uh, just hear their names marked so far we're we're it was like what like Jack, seven thirty Emma yeah. Bellhops, beautiful. Oh, gotta put those all guys bellhops. Uh, but put a seven thirty on there for the timestamp on mm. the uh, the last one. <laughs> Don't tap the pen on the desk, Jamo. Yeah, that was pretty. Amateur mistake. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we can get going then. So that's uh, the introduction to Jamo. He's a very boring person, um, <laughs> but he's going to explain some more <laughs> stuff about himself anyway. So today's topic is going to be a good one. Um, so in case you didn't know, and you're a listener to this podcast, I'm very nerdy, uh, and I like video games and movies and all that pop, pop culture stuff. And so JMO is a very scholarly individual, um, who is very intelligent <laughs> boring. and knows how to write, um, and ask very good questions. And he's very, very intentional. So he's going to ask me a few questions, um, just what it's like to be a nerd. But before we jump into that, uh, JMO is going to kind of give us a rundown about himself and just kind of give us a little synopsis of his nerd levels. So let's uh, let's 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 get into this. Oh yeah. So I'll I'll leave it open to you, Jamo. Well, my so my main question is that I don't know what it's like to be a, an actual genuine nerd. I the funny thing though is that on the spectrum of like your high school musical spectrum of jock to nerd, 
I'm I'm farther on the nerd spectrum. You were very much a nerd because I read and <laughs> sometimes I even like plays. And you and, watch West Wing. And I love the West Wing. Shout out to <laughs> CJ Craig, my girl. Tag him. Um, tag her also. Yes, at CJ Craig. <laughs> Unfortunately, she's not real. Um, oh, but yeah. she is. Um, <laughs> In my dreams. And uh, and yet, there's. I just don't consider myself a nerd. I don't think I, I, don't think I merit that title. So I want to know. I want to I look on the inside. Kind of get behind your eyes, if you will. Right. In the least creepy way possible give you the inside look yeah so my uh i guess my my nerdiest moment was getting my game boy color for christmas when i was about in first grade Ooh, what color was your game Boy? Oh, it was purple Dude, it was like the year. translucent purple oh, where you the could see the stuff one? inside oh oh yeah it was i great. had the, just the standard purple one Ooh, oh the solid yeah solid dark purple, purple. yeah, yeah solid. mine was translucent and it was beautiful <laughs> um, i don't, what, what I don't game, think it had a name what game did you get with it when you first got it um, I had a Tom and Jerry game, which oh. was which was good fun, and I'm sure it's not good by today's standards, but oh, I'm sure it is. Um, there was also this this racing game, but I can never remember the title. We've talked about this before. But it but wasn't Mario Kart racing, or like I don't remember. Hmm. I don't remember. There were a few racing games on there. Super, it was like Super something Kart. Uh, there was there was like another generic one that I think I know what you're talking about. Huh. Well, it was super. It was pretty That's super. That's for sure. Could you could you connect Game Boys and, and race your friends, or um, was it just single player? I'm not sure. I had many friends who had Game Boys. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Well, maybe I just didn't have that many friends. I didn't have that many friends either. But to I feel be like honest, all my all the people that I interacted with mm. had Game Boys. But I also had. You, had, you have a big family, so I, I feel like... Yeah, but I was the oldest, and so... You you had if, the only Game Boy. If I were the youngest, everyone would have had Game Boys. Oh. Because the youngest children always get everything but first. the oldest got the Game Boy. Well, no, the oldest got the Game Boy, like, when he was older. For example, oh. I had to wait to read Harry Potter. But then my siblings could read it when they were way younger than I was mm. when I read it. So, they got it easy. So that's kind of why I was the only one with the Game Boy. Dang. It would have been fun if we all did, but... Yeah, see, my brothers alas. had Game Boys. Well, so my, my older brother and I got Game Boys around the same time, and my younger brother got his shortly after that. Mm. But yeah, that those were my that two close fun. friends. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had like two other friends in the cul-de-sac near us that we played Pokemon mm. outside. In, in Ohio? Mm, no, this is in Memphis, actually. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Getting a little backstory behind the bit bloggist. Watch out. Yeah, Jake's from... All over the place. Uh, all over. All Michigan, over. Memphis, Cincinnati, Chattanooga. Yeah, and so back to... Uh, beautiful game boy color yeah um ever beautiful i don't know where it is anymore i thought about buying game boy colors for my siblings for christmas this past year just as kind of a throwback smart they're not the cheapest nor do i think they would play them very often it would be <laughs> fun to play for the week i was home and then we would probably not play very often so i opted Aww. not to but so sad um it would have been fun yeah. if only um so game boy tom and jerry Mm. And what happened after that? Did you just kind of just drop it? Like kind of fell off the how, log. How did, yeah. yeah, how did you fall from grace? How did you mm. fall out of this video uh, game obsession? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I moved to other obsessions, like <laughs> nerdier <laughs> things like... Uh, Reading. Yes, that's what I was going to say. I, yeah. would, I would be the kid that would come home and instead of playing video games, he would read 
tons and tons of Wikipedia articles and have tabs and tabs and tabs and tabs open and just get exhausted with all the information and close them all. So, um, so, the, so inter- the internet for I'm you. I'm totally a nerd. The still. internet for you was just more of a, just a reading grounds where you just read a ton of just mm-hmm. different just interesting random things. Like information. history. Yep. History, politics. Old, old biographies. Everything. That's insane. Um, That's like my nightmare. But I also played plenty of Mario Kart on the Wii because my family got a Wii for Christmas a few uh-huh. years later. Um, I, I like to play with without the wheel, mm-hmm. just the stick, um, or whatever you call that. <laughs> Sissy racing? Okay, no. Why do you call it that? Because um, there's no talent. Know. There's no skill involved in that one. Um, you can't control your drifting, so it's a problem. Wait, all you do is hit the... What's, this, what's the button on the bottom? Is that the B button? That's your, that's your items. No, you can drift with that too. Oh, you have to turn drifting on. Yeah, <laughs> it's normally turned off. It's there, and you can turn it's it there on somewhere. Hiding but it's like automatic drift if you do it like that usually. Mm. Well, goofball. That's another reason why I don't consider myself a real nerd because I feel like Mario Kart's pretty democratic. <laughs> Everyone can do it. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's for, it's it's the every man's game. Exactly. My siblings played some uh, zombies, which oh, the Call of Duty zombies. Not my favorite. Yeah, um, I would have like I would be laying in bed. With visions of zombies, and it was just not <laughs> scared. Not so much scary as disturbing. I was not that good at I it. I went through a very bad stint of zombies um, when that first came out. On, a, on one of the first or first two games, I played a lot of zombies, and then and then I stopped. Just cold. Hmm. Didn't didn't go into it the next time. I was like, nah, not That's for me. It's probably a good thing. Um, and I think it had to do with just how many people I had around at the time that wanted to play zombies consistently and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of gave it up. So, anyways, um, it sounds like. You know, you were you were you're you're a nerd in, in different aspects, and I so agree. this will, this will yeah. be a good two way conversation. So, um, I guess, do you want to jump into your first round of questions, or yeah, I do. Else I kind of want to. So I guess the tables are kind of flipped here since I'm interviewing the host this time. So first so, time ever, I'm not the host. Oh wow, I'm not the official host. We should check hands over that. Yeah. Um, so to kind of give a, a picture of where I think we should go, the the idea that I'm a nerd in a different way brings a question to my mind. Maybe everyone is a nerd <laughs> in a different way. So we're going to talk about the yes. definition of nerdy as we go on. Cause oh. that's my question. What does it, what does it mean to be a nerd? Um, oh, it can be so many things. So, but first of all, just to, <clears throat> we'll get deeper as we go, but just a few preliminaries. I know basically nothing about <laughs> consoles. I asked my roommate who is a nerd, what I should ask you last night. And he said, ask him about his favorite consoles, his favorite retro consoles. And I was like, wow, there's, different I guess kinds. I knew what a console was, but um, now that we're so, so far past, there are now considered to be retro consoles. Mm, so. Wow. So my first question is what, uh, what was your first four into video games? Kind of give us a rundown, like your first, your first one that you got, the first one you played, the first one you owned, which however you want to take that. What, what were your intros? Okay. So, same as you, I got a Game Boy for my first video game exposure. And um, how old were you? Uh, I was probably like seven or eight years old. So this was like 90, 98, 99. Mm. Um, and That's about when West Wing premiered, so <laughs> must have been a good year. I remember being so excited um, because everyone, everyone already had Pokemon. Like Our family was late to that, that party, and we weren't allowed to get them. My parents didn't want to buy us video games. So my grandma, for our birthday, <laughs> bought us Game Boys. <laughs> Gotta love and it. my mom was pissed, um, but I was so happy. Um, and so that was my first actual game console that I owned. 
as far as first game that I played, um, or at least experienced, was Mega Man. Um, now, I can't recall which one it was, but I know it was Super Nintendo. And I just remember sitting on my couch for countless hours watching my brother play Mega Man with his friends or trying to trade off with him, get further than him. Honestly, he was way better than me, so usually I would just die, mm-hmm. and then he would take over. But um, to this day, like Mega Man is one of my favorite games only for that reason because I just that was mm. my first one I like remember like just distinctly like all the levels and the different bosses and then just playing with my brothers and his friends was like just so cool <laughs> um, and then let me see what else you were asking here so I mean beyond that really a lot of like it was was just going to friends houses and playing what they had be it sega or playstation i never had any of those all i had was nintendo at my house oh wow so we were nintendo only household not a house divided no not a house divided Mm. until later can you uh mega man feels like it might be one of those one of those feelings you get in your chest when you hear say uh the reason by hoobastank come on the radio (laughs) not so much because it's like your favorite song ever because you're like wow significant time in my life so <laughs> so can you can you run down like can you introduce me to Mega Man? What's the plot? What what is what is the game? So they're all different. Um but Mega Man is a a robot, a robotic android that was built um uh, by Dr. White and he was created and all these other robots were created for good initially and then Dr. Wily his partner mm. um you know kind of splintered yeah. off from him and made these robots evil and wanted to take over and so Mega Man was the one that didn't really turn evil and then has to go save the world by mm. going through all these levels, killing these robots, these these, you know, these berserk robots, taking their powers and using the other like the powers they gain to kill the other bosses. And so like it's kind of cool because each boss has its own weakness. So like you could have like a leaf boss and then like a like a water boss and so you get the leaf cutter first and then you go to the water guy because it's effective against the water so kind of like that, that pokemon dynamic again cool just before pokemon cool. and it's uh yeah i think you know the first four maybe even six were on the regular like the uh og nintendo so hmm. they've been around for a minute and Mega Man to this day is just a pretty famous icon okay okay sign of times in the past sign of times since then he's been kind of squandered and hasn't really been mm. used as uh, pokemon took over i guess pokemon took over and other cool things but mm. but yeah mm. Mega Man still holds a place in many people's hearts so uh speaking of the past but also also the present what are your favorite consoles now that i know what those <laughs> are uh favorite console would have to be the n64 uh because mm. now is that considered retro uh i wouldn't yes it's retro but it doesn't feel retro to me because it was, you know, hmm. the console that I had as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, again, you know, people that are older than me are like pulling their hair out. Look, this kid's so young, N64, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but uh, the, the N64 was cool because I it was the first system that I owned. So, you know, we had Game Boys, but we, I didn't have a system hmm. of my own or a console. And so my friend sold me his his N64 with like 10 games, four controllers, like a great deal, 75 bucks. Oh. And this was like, like 99. So like a year before oh, wow. I was going to move to Ohio. And so I just remember like buying the system, playing it, and then like moving and being so sad. But like hmm. I had this N64. And so that's like how I just would, I coped. Like I just would play N64. Yeah, yeah. And just 
my brothers and I would sit down, rent games, play them on there. And then like we made friends that way as well. Like friends would come over and play N64 at our house because we had it. Hmm. And you know, that's, that's how we made a lot of friends in like the apartment homes that we were staying in while our house was being built in Ohio. So it was a, uh, yeah, I guess that explains part of why I have, I'm a, more attached because there was like a significant, like emotional experience, like right in between. Hmm. Like I got like, I, I didn't really like think anything of it when I bought it and I was like, Oh, this is exciting. You know, I have a 64, it's somebody else's, but whatever. And then I moved. And so then it was like this, hmm. this thing that I had that was There's from continuity. old friends, yeah. like it reminded me of those relationships and just, I don't know. That's crazy. Good times. That's cool. So that kind of, that counteracts a popular conception of video games, which is the, the isolated adolescent male playing the video <laughs> games, not socializing, not developing any social skills. But it seems like for you, they were the opposite. They were yeah. a, a means of connection with friends in this new place where you were living. Yeah, without friends for a while. And, and like, you know, I think you definitely can find yourself in a scenario where you are, you know, your uh, video games very much are the thing where you're isolated especially when um, like live or online gaming got introduced, that's when you really saw a big jump in that isolation because no longer did you have to invite your friends over to come play with you. Mm. It was sitting on your couch or your chair by yourself and playing Xbox Live, playing Call of Duty or playing on the computer, playing Halo, like whatever, online. Yeah. And you didn't have to have your friends come over. And so you were you were content. And this is, this is all, the way, all the way through high school probably, just content like not having people over and just sitting at home playing Call of Duty with your friends. Okay, so, so you you played some of those in high school too. Oh yeah. There was and there was still like a social aspect to that because like everyone played. So like yeah, you guys yeah. like hey, let's get on the night at 8 or like whatever. We all get on, we play for 2 hours, 3 hours and then it you goes just weekend be even longer. Yeah, we wouldn't be together. Hmm. And then like when friends would come over, you wouldn't play Xbox together like that. Well, we we didn't really. Um it wasn't like a a good multiplayer kind of experience so it wasn't like hey let's play call of duty like split screen at my <laughs> house at that point it was like what do y'all want to do we can play in 64 or we can just go outside okay. or do okay. whatever else cool that's that's cool. that's also when girls were sort of coming into our lives uh, so there was I a, see, there was the a battle there was a yeah. battle yeah <laughs> <laughs> we had to make choices oh, that's so classic <laughs> that's so classic um Oh, I have a few either or questions and I don't know if some of these questions are ignorant or not. Well, I'll, uh, I'll so you, you can enlighten me. Um, so on the, um, which is worse Okay. to be a math nerd or a video game nerd? Do you think <laughs> what's the conception? Which one's worse? If we're, if, okay. So do you want to, do you want like a, a worldview answer or my answer? Oh, the worldview answer. Okay. So I think a worldview answer um, would probably look at math nerds as worse, hmm. Hmm. but only in the typical sense of like, you know, what you see in sitcoms and stuff like that. Like they have a calculator oh, in, yeah. their, in their pocket. I feel like a lot of like math nerds, you, like again, like a, like a, for me, probably couldn't tell that I'm a nerd on the surface, but then as soon as I start talking to you, you're like, oh, this kid likes video games or like mm -hmm. he's, he's always talking about this. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the same, it's the same with like people that are into anything, but like math nerds, I don't know. What, what would hard your one. answer to that be? Which one's worse? <sighs> Honestly, this, this will get into a discussion like later down the road. I think we're going to talk about this a little bit, but video game culture and nerd culture has shifted into the mainstream. I feel like. And maybe that's just me being in a bubble, mm -hmm. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, but I feel like that is so true. Like you see, so like all these kids that grew up with video games now are at an age where they're, you know, 
almost adults, right? Or they are adults. And these are things that held some impact in their life when they were younger. And so that mm-hmm. they, they, they look back on these, these memories fondly like I did. It's like, oh, man, I love N64. Oh, do you have, like, we had a whole bunch of guys at our house for a wedding this past weekend. They were here to change and just do a bunch of stuff for pictures. And they walked in here, and they're all like, this is awesome. <laughs> oh, dude, you have an N64? Like, oh, dude, you have, you have gold, like, like GoldenEye 007? Oh, dude, I, I love that game. We, just, we spent, like, an hour just talking about, like, video games and, like, all kinds of stuff that they did when they were younger. Hmm. And, these, hmm. and, these, and this, like, it was a good spectrum of, of age. Like, these guys are all, they were all older than me. So we had, like, 27, 28-year-olds and then, like, like a 30-something-year-old. You know, so these guys were all older, but they still had this connection to video games and like hmm. this nerdy stuff in this room. Yeah. Cause like, dang, this is an awesome room. That's, that's interesting. Cause nerdy kind of connotes this like really minority, like only a couple people do this or like, cause it used to be, I think, but now it, <clears throat> if all those people have that in common, how it can't be yeah. too minority. I don't think it is. And, and, and again, I think I also am very, you know, biased and I live in a, in a bubble, I think. Um, but I know so many people, that have at least played video games slash like to talk about them slash are at least keeping up to, to like with what's going on like oh man i saw like nintendo's new console mm. it looks really cool it's like a game boy right and i'm like well let me tell you it's not a game boy okay <laughs> it's way better but it's awesome um but people know about it like you know people mm. people know the name nintendo they know zelda they know mario they know pac-man like these are all things that are like very common names now i feel like as like i mean they they probably were back in like the 80s like when these were big too but like just feel like yeah because culture has progressed to this point everyone can be nerdy about anything you know Mm. just like you're nerdy about west wing or just like i'm nerdy about video games somebody else is nerdy about star wars someone else is nerdy about you know star trek those are two very different things Mm -hmm. you know and i never connected to star trek but i like star wars so it's just like interesting yeah so that kind of gets back to our question like what is it to be what is it to actually be a nerd that's so hard. oh and you you totally stole my next either or question oh i'm sorry jake has not seen these questions by the way that i, I know not. of was that one of the ones you that had? was the star literal trek next or star wars star trek or star yeah, wars star wars oh i never never I, I love the new ones um but i don't even know what's going on half the time in, in star trek <laughs> yeah star trek mm-hmm. i know spock and i don't even know oh, the main guy's name thing. yeah i don't even know the main guy's name mm. well we're gonna skip that question because uh, I don't either. Uh, LARPing or no LARPing? Again, I don't. You know, this is. I don't. I don't like casting judgment because I think all these things are awesome, like in their own in their own sense. Like if you want to LARP, freaking LARP because it's it's fun for you. It's awesome. Can you make that your Instagram bio? <laughs> you want to LARP, freaking, freaking LARP. LARP. Uh, but we had so we had kids on campus at UTC that would LARP. I'm sure you had them too like, on your campus. Same. And. Um, I don't know. I always respected it because I'm just like these like it takes because, you know, like, again, like, you know, nerdiness is has been something that's been concealed or like you don't, you know, you don't try mm-hmm. to show as much kind of stigmatized. And so these kids were brave enough to go literally out into like the main center of campus. And then like they have like swords, shields, um, like fake fireballs and all kinds of like garb on. And they're just they're having a hell of a time. Oh, yeah. It looks like they're having so much fun. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, we've all fought with swords when we're growing up mm-hmm. and done all that fake sword fighting and like all that kind of stuff. So com- combine that with like actual strategy and like rules and all kinds of stuff. And I, I mean, it sounds like a really good time. So it sounds like you're, <laughs> so I'm you're on, on the, the LARPing side, side for LARP. I've never LARPed, 
per se. What a funny word. But I have had many a sword fights and gun fights and laser tag fights and all just every mm-hmm. everything in between just like that. So I'm yeah. all about it. I wonder if we could define the the laser tag at say Frankie's Fun Park or <laughs> Does, does Sir Goonies have Sir Goonies has laser, laser tag, tag and it is terrible. Sounds a little LARPish. But we gotta go. Um so my my last either or question. Good question. No, I have two. Good more. question. I have okay. three more actually. Okay. Three more. Right. Um Link or Mario. Oh shoot. Why would you ask this question to me? Mm. Both so dear to my heart. Um I am gonna answer Link though. Okay. You like his nice little green peter pan outfit <laughs> it's not it's pretty cool it's a tunic okay Ooh. um and yeah I, zelda just for me because it is so much more memorable if that makes sense so for me um you know n64 again that was the ocarina of time and that was like one of the hmm. biggest games to hit video video games ever we, we took this jump from uh 2d rpg adventures to this full-fledged, gigantic, massive, 3D visualized world, where it was still an RPG in the sense of you're collecting stuff, you're up, you're leveling up, and you're there's so many like different people you can talk to and have conversations with, and just seeing all that in 3D was just like next level, mind blowing. Yeah, and to this day, the game still holds up. Like they they remastered it on on handhelds, which is really cool. To, to like to think that we can play. Like I, I would love to go back in time and say like, hey, I have hmm. uh, a of time on this little Game Boy right now. Yeah. Everyone be like, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" Uh, <laughs> Everyone but, would be so jealous. But Zelda, just because the music, characters, and just the, the the connection that I have with it again on N sixty four. And now I will say, Mario sixty four also one of my like favorite games of all time, hmm. just because uh, again that was like a fully realized three D representation of what Mario was before this. You're you're exploring this castle and all these crazy worlds like deserts and underwater and lava. And like it was just so good, hmm. and it was Nintendo's first attempt at that, like the fixed camera behind him, and like that that had never been done before. Interesting. They built the very first like 3D platformer. Hmm. It's pretty revolutionary. A good 3D platformer, I think. There probably hmm. were some before that where that were not very good. Like Tomb Raider, I think was no Tomb Raider was after it, but it was it was close to that kind of that level. Hmm. So there you go. Cool. <laughs> Things I never and, well, never knew about. Well, not the more you know. Um, so my my final two either or questions are uh, not related to video games at all. Um, is a is it your taste more in the Beyonce or the Taylor Swift realm? Oh gosh, if I have to answer Beyonce, I dislike. <laughs> Sounds T- like you hate both. I dislike T Swift that much more than Beyonce. Wow. Um, and really, like I love I love old Beyonce, new Beyonce. I respect and I like. Um, for what she does and for what she's singing and, 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 you know, making art about, but it's just not me. I hear you. I hear you. I'm also not a black woman. So a lot of the stuff she sings about, you are not. I'm like, ah, I don't, I can't relate to this as much. You are not a black woman. <laughs> so I can testify. So unfortunately, that. yeah. T Swift is my least favorite. Beyonce is, is, uh, not my favorite either, but she's, she's better than T Swift for sure. Okay. Okay. And the final one is, of course, is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, you are or not? You are the worst. Hot dog is not a freaking sandwich. I'm I'm in 100 agreement. All right, well, um, kind of. That doesn't feel like preliminary because we got we got pretty deep there. Yeah, we got some good um, stuff out there. But moving moving towards nerd culture and then yeah, like your personality. Let's start with nerd culture. Okay, um, this 
this section entitled is screen cheating cheating <laughs> it's just so when i played mario kart and you you knew where your siblings were because you looked at the screen below yours or the, Abs- the quadrant below yours absolutely. and so you knew they were catching up um they might say hey no screen cheating when like it's literally impossible to not screen cheat i mean it's possible but so also it's very convenient so is it wrong no thank you the people that say say it's wrong are people that are too competitive to have fun with the game um if you're good enough screen cheating is not going to affect you oh you heard it here folks <laughs> you heard it here um but if you're losing to a screen cheater then get get good and do exactly what he's doing that's that's the only lesson mm. or word of advice i have because i mean you also have peripheral vision okay and regardless you're of right. you looking directly at their screen you can kind of tell where most people are at the same time you're like okay his screen is mimicking or mirroring kind of what mine is now like he's close to me or he's like this this color matches what you know what mm-hmm. color I'm on right now. It's like, oh crap, he's close to me. And then you know you figure it out. You turn around and you shoot him, or you, you totally. shoot a shell at him, or you drop a banana, whatever it may be. But I mean, screeching is part of the game. And, there, and there's there's literally been a game that just came out probably like six months ago called uh, I think it's called Screen Peek or Screen Cheat. And the idea is that you are supposed to screen peek, and interesting, and everyone's invisible. It sounds really hard. <laughs> so, so you you only know where somebody is by looking at their screen. Oh, oh, so it's only visible from their point of view. From their perspective. You figure out from where in point. the map they are. Yeah, first person oh, perspective. Okay. So you only okay. know where they are based on what their screen looks like. Wow. Which sounds kind of hard. It does. It does, especially <laughs> um, if the map has a lot of similar colors, like in the woods or something. Yes. I don't know. I, have, I haven't had a chance to play it, and I've heard mixed reviews, but that's, hmm. you know, there's there's an answer to your... Okay. Somebody, wrong. somebody literally made a game where you have to peek at somebody's mm. screen. So obviously they liked the idea enough. Sounds pretty meta. When they were growing up, they're like, let's do, let's make a game all about that. Interesting, interesting. So uh, tying into that, are, what are some major <laughs> no-nos of, of video game playing? Oh, major no-nos. Or are there any? Is it kind of you figure it out for yourself? Specifically group video games. Okay, there's, there's there's a few major no-nos. Oh, as far as group, um, okay, so owner of the console always is first player. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't you don't take that man's first player controller okay. if he's having you over. It's just honorary. Um, and then um, also, uh, you know, when playing Mario Kart, for example, um, it's first come, first serve. Whoever gets the character first gets it. There's no dibs on characters. Hmm. All right. So none of that baby arguing like, no, I wanted Yoshi. No, I only play Toad. <laughs> It's like no, you just got to play somebody else. You missed, it. missed yeah. the boat. It's first come, first serve. It's, it's a cruel world out there, but you got to you got to fight for it. Um, and then as far as having friends over, um, this is going to differ house by house. But I'm a big, uh, I'm, I'm not like a super neat freak, but I hate food on my controllers. Mm. So if you're going to eat food, bring a napkin and try to and eat it. Bef- sit that one out. Try to eat it before you touch the controller and wipe your hands off. Because if you sit down and get pizza grease on my controller, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> you also heard it here, folks. <laughs> because then I have to get out a Clorox wipe or something and clean my controllers off, and it's just a nightmare. And Albert's gonna oh, lick him up. Just the worst. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, no butt hurt feelings. Hmm. You know, um, it's okay to get competitive. And it's okay to like get mad if you lose, uh, but if you like legitimately get hurt or like get so angry that you don't want to play anymore, or you in frustration throw controllers or something like that, then I don't want to mess with you. 
Mm. You would probably not like playing video games with me. When my <laughs> siblings started beating me, I would just cover their eyes. Oh, well, that's fine. That's fine. I'm just talking about like I, I real emotional so. like hatred like towards the person mm. that beat you. Um and and I and I was subject to this like when I was a kid too. Like I you know, I was not I was I was a sore loser a lot of times. <laughs> but I was with my brothers, so there was only so much avoidance that I could uh <laughs> uh-huh. I could engage them in until I had to go see their face again. So I would get mad, walk away, go downstairs, I'd you know, I'd fight them or I'd punch them mm-hmm. like for, be- for beating me and then I'd come back upstairs usually. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I was telling somebody else this, but just recently I went home and or it was like uh, probably like not not recently, like two years ago. And my little brother, um, whom whom I've always been a little better at Smash Bros. than I went home um, randomly one day, one summer for college, and he he had his GameCube. He's like, you want to play some Melee? And I was like, yeah, okay, she'll play some Melee. Because, like, you know, we hadn't played in a while. I was like, yeah, it'd be fun. And I'm used to winning. And he beat my ass, dude. Like, <laughs> I got whooped. You didn't whooped. see that coming. I got whooped. And I was, I was mad. I was freaking mad. I was like, oh, my gosh. I don't know my exact verbiage that I used, but I was not pleased with him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, there was, there was a lot of curse words dropped. I'm not going to drop them on here, but I believe um, it. so, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm subject to that, but then I, I apologized immediately after I was like, I'm sorry. And I was like, I just can't believe you're that good. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, a, it was a rude awakening. All right. So no, uh, no butt hurt there. Uh, <laughs> so if that's the, the maybe, ground level experience of, of playing video games you're also interested in the broader cultural oh yeah like pop culture of video games so what uh what's your your biggest excitement for this year for the rest of the year coming out oh for this year it's got to be star wars as far as um just big pop culture things happening that's gonna be so cool. great cool um but then next to that it's just gonna be whatever nintendo releases i'm just super excited about um, so we have Mario Odyssey, which is like the next new Mario at the end of the year. I'm pumped about that. And then Mario Kart comes out tomorrow, which is going to be a heck of a time. I'll bring it to the office and we're going to play. Um, but yeah, beyond that, man, I think uh, I'm just excited to see what Nintendo does in Star Wars. Those are my two big, like, this is going to be awesome. Hmm. So, And I, I have no doubt Nintendo is going to put some more cool stuff out. So, Cool. It's just a matter of waiting now. All right. Um, before we... Before we do do that one, there was a review recently of the the most recent Guardians of the Galaxy movie on Forbes. Okay, and um, right now you and I are reading a book on uh, criticism, criticism how to how to approach a work of art or a video game or a film, both of which are works of art or anything Um, that is created, anything at all, and assign value to it and respond to it well. So not not easy. It's not. It's way more complicated than I thought. Oop, sorry. Nice sound. Um, So I wanted to read part of this. Uh, This is a very long quote. Please do. I'll read read portions of it, Um, and then we can discuss it. (laughs) So this was, again, by Forbes. It was a very positive review. He loves the movie. thinks it has a shot at making a billion dollars so he says i see some reviews bemoaning the fact that volume two didn't create the same urgent sense of discovery and newness felt upon viewing the original film for the first time and for that some reviewers seem inclined to consider the film a failure or some degree of disappointing which in turn translates into them giving it a thumbs down or otherwise a negative review overall 
It's a shame, first of all, that the remarkably quirky, entirely unexpected, and different approach to the story this time around didn't impart a sense of discovery or newness to those reviewers. But more to the point, it speaks to the unfortunate binary nature of modern film criticism, that every assessment seems increasingly whittled down to a simplistic, is it better than the last thing, and or if it's not better, then it's bad mentality. Um, so, uh, let me skip to the, let me skip to the end, uh, which come to think of it would explain the cynicism chic and faux jaded reactions of so many entertainment journalists and reviewers these days. I'm not complaining that people don't like something. I'm complaining that so many people seem to have lazy ways of measuring art and expressing their analysis of it. I'm complaining about this new thing today didn't make me feel the way I felt about a different thing yesterday. So this new thing sucks. Perception of life. <laughs> so I thought that was really interesting. So one second. Uh, I'm complaining about, and this is him saying, some speaking for somebody else, this new thing today didn't make me feel the way I felt about a different thing yesterday. So this new thing sucks. Yeah, that's, he says that kind of like embodies a perception of life. For how a lot of people look at new art. Yeah, like and new... Oh. Was it as good as the first one? Which I do with, with like, for example, John Mayer's album came out. Oh, I do it all the time. Last week. Absolutely. Um, and I was like, oh, this doesn't feel like Continuum or this doesn't feel like uh, Born and Raised. So might not be as good. And Yeah. And though maybe it's not as good, probably comparing the two is not the best way to decide if it's no. as good. Um, so I'm wondering. Well, it's good It's good to compare, I think, same artist. True. For the, for the just sole fact of seeing a, a difference in the two seem so because differences i think for me like lead to how this person has changed or what different tone they've taken with their writing or yeah, yeah. art direction or whatever so like for music specifically like for me i love vampire weekend um and the first album much like everything in my life um was very impact <laughs> was like very impactful because it came at a time like when i just got my new car or i just not new car i was just mm. able to drive and it was the only CD I had. And so I just put it in there. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is like so Windows good. down. After Windows down. It was summer. High I had just started driving. And I remember just like, that's all I listened to for, for the longest time. I know every single word to that, that CD. Which one was that? What was it, it was called? It was just Vampire Weekend. It was just like the very oh, first album. Self-titled. self-titled. Okay. Yeah. And then um, they released, I think, I think they've put out two new records or maybe even three now. And each subsequent one... I have liked less and less. Hmm. Their newest one was, in my opinion, a little better. But for the most part, I'm like I'm like these people he's talking about where it didn't. I felt very, very differently when I heard the first album to today when I listen to this music now and it doesn't feel the same. Yeah. And so I like it less. I'm like, yeah, I don't like it. Which is interesting because and that's I, a lot. That's I, a lot of stuff for me, honestly. Yeah, I get his point, but I'm also like, well. Um, what's an example? The Harry Potter books just mean a lot to me. Like yeah. I just have a like pretty intense emotional reaction. Yeah. Even though like maybe I've read books that are technically better. Yeah. Like in college or something, maybe I read books that are better, but for some reason it's hard for me to like, like if, if a new Harry Potter book comes out, I'm probably going to like it less. Yeah, exactly. Because it just wasn't one of the original seven that you bring up my heart. A like, really, really good thought. So, like I think emotionally, I think emotions are what tie you directly to something mm-hmm. and and how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. And so, 
like your example for for Harry Potter is a great example. Um, like we were we were reading that, and um, we you know we we grew up that like probably around the same age reading those books, and it was like this magical world of like what. I, and you were you weren't allowed to read them for a while, so it was probably even more mm-hmm. special when you got to read them. And then so I so we, we had read these books, and then you know the movies came out. And I remember going to see the first one, and I had just finished reading the first book, and I was like, "This is awesome! How like, old were you? So cool! Ah, gosh, I had to have been like third, fourth grade. Okay, <laughs> maybe a little bit older." Um, but I remember being being like it being so cool. And honestly, the Cursed Child, the newest one they released, was was very very good. Also, um, I'm a little pissed because Albert chewed it up, so I, have it, <laughs> I don't have it anymore. But it was actually very good. Um, but it's, but I think I was I was able to differentiate was the biggest thing. Hmm. Um, it was a very clear, um, uh, not um, just very clear distinction between like here's here's novels and here's a playwright, or here, here's not here's here's a play. Hmm. Um, so it was, it was written like a play. It was it was staged like a play. Um, it gave you cues like a play. So like I was like, this is this is different. Like one hundred percent. Like I know looking at this visually, this is different. So when you listen to music, like Kendrick Lamar's new album, damn is uh, is very good. People like it a lot. Um, I still like his first album the most out of all of them. Um, mm. And I think most people agree with that. And then he had a second album to Pimpa Butterfly, and it was, Which was huge. But I hated it. <laughs> I thought it was trash, <laughs> and and then and then he releases this new one, and I'm like, okay, this is like middle grounds for me. Like, hmm. I like some of what's going on here, but not everything. Interesting. So I, you know, that idea of the sophomore slump where um, <laughs> a band will will release an impressive debut, yeah. and then they'll put out their second album, and everyone's like, oh, oh no. and they call it the sophomore slump. I wonder if that's not so much that they only had good material in the first album, so much as we People. could only be disappointed by the second one because exactly. we, if you liked the first one, you only have one thing to judge it against. I feel like almost every single trilogy or every single subset of three is going to look like that. Mm. So like Toy Story, for example, everyone regards Toy Story 1 as probably the best one. And then you had two, which was okay. And then three came out and everyone's like, dang, that was a really everyone good freaked movie. freaked out. Yeah. And so like I think it's this like this idea that the second one's not going to be as good. And maybe it's not. Like maybe like there is like a struggle – trying to bring what was so great to the next one mm-hmm. and you like maybe like when you were making the first thing you didn't realize how good it was and so it's hard to recreate that exact thing the second time around it's yeah. like i can't do this but then by the third time you get so much feedback from people who disliked it you're like oh <laughs> you now know, i know what, what direction I was to go in. here's what i need to talk about or like here's what we need to like discuss mm-hmm. or show next time i mean the star wars trilogies um uh the interesting yeah all of them honestly like you know four five six and then one two three like Everyone hates one, two, and three. I don't think they're that bad. But one, everyone was okay with until everyone started to hate Jar Jar Binks for some reason, which I don't understand. It was really cute. I was, I was, my mom hated him a lot. I forget who I was talking to. Uh, someone, oh, yeah. So one of Hannah's friends, um, had had just recently watched the Star Wars movies the first time and she loves Jar Jar. (laughs) (laughs) She loves him. And I I was like, that's so cool and like refreshing to hear because, like, in nerd culture, everyone just hates Jar Jar because they just want to hate Jar Jar. Huh. And I'm like, and he has. I think he has reasons to be hated. And I was like, but because of his annoying voice. Yeah, I was like, but the fact that you liked him showed that clearly that there was something likable about him. And mm-hmm. like as a kid, I didn't think anything of it. I thought Jar Jar was funny. It was whatever. You know, Darth Maul was scary and cool, and like all the flips and like battleships and lasers they had was awesome. And as a kid, that was awesome. Heck yeah, it was. That's all I needed. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, so I took you kind of off topic there. No, that's great. That's great. So. My, uh, my, I guess my tie in that's, that's related to film criticism, but what is it, uh, 
what is it that makes a video game good or bad? Oh, so many things. Um, again, so so there's there's there are um, games that are regarded to be like fantastic across the board. Um, most every video game player thinks thinks of this game in a in a in a um, positive manner. They might not think it's a perfect game, but they'll think it's like an eight or a nine. Um, and there's games like that, like Last of Us, you know, Mario sixty four, Ocarina of Time, even this newest Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Everyone's obsessed with. They think it's like an incredible game. And so, mm-hmm. again, opinions are very subjective. I feel like you know you might like or you might like something for a specific reason. Um, and kind of what we we're talking about earlier, you might like something because of your emotional state at the time. Yeah. So for me, let's like like thinking about now. The game that I like most right now is different than what I liked a while ago. So like I like Overwatch because I'm married and it enables hmm. me to jump in and out and just play with no real connection. I'm just like I can play this casually, have fun with it and get out, but I just love like the character designs in this and I think it's hmm. a good game. But then there's somebody else out there who's obsessed with like a Japanese RPG and te- you know typically they're super super long um, just super dense games um, like a lot of systems a lot of like text a lot of mm-hmm. just a lot going on um, and they're great for that reason but I'm not a person that likes those games um, because I can't mm-hmm. sit down and do that for that long yeah they aren't good for where you are in life right now right like I can't I can't in in the situation that i'm in right now i can't enjoy it but um back in the day like i would watch my brother play these japanese rpgs i'd watch him play kingdom hearts or any of the final fantasy games or like any of like just the two like the 16-bit like rpgs i'd watch him play for hours just watch because that's that's that was my time and like i love those games and i didn't even play them so so it's like dang what makes a good game to me i mean there are certain things you have to have i mean the, obviously the game has to be fun in some sense you know if it's, a, if it's not a fun game then it's not a game at all it's just like a it's just an experience and we have stuff like that that, <laughs> com- that comes out now so with like the just the the evolution of vr and where we are now there's a lot of stuff called first person experiences where it's not necessarily a game it's more or less you just experience something so you're on a beach interesting and you can turn your head and there's a seagull that talks to you so there's no plot or like end goal at all? No real plot. You just like sit on a beach and you turn your head and there is a seagull that talks to you and he says like a bunch of funny things at you and then you nod your head yes or like no and that's the game. Hmm. And so, you know, we, we call that a video game because technically it is a video and you are doing an action in this video game or whatever. Uh, okay. But it's more of an experience. It's more of a, of a first person experience and we have a ton of games like that now. So we have a game called like Overwatch where you're not doing gamey things like jumping, shooting, climbing, whatever. You're walking through a house and seeing a story. And that's it. Hmm. So the medium has involved. So you said you, you do like Overwatch? I do like Overwatch. And that's good because you can kind of jump in and out? Yes. <laughs> yes. It sounded like a Why, yes. Palpatine. You will die. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's just, there's just Okay, some... so it has to be fun. It has to be fun. If it's not fun, it's not a game. And and fun is subjective to everybody. So like I said, you might think Overwatch is fun and someone else might not think it's fun. Or like a bunch of my friends like making fun of me for Zelda because they, they don't like Zelda, but like Zelda is like one of my favorite games of all time. And so um, fun, I think it really just comes, like the video game has to be something that you just enjoy playing. What makes a good video game good is if it's just something you enjoy playing. Hmm. If you think it's worth spending your time on. Because beyond money, time is the most viable thing 
that we have, and it especially comes into play with video games. You're paying $60 for an experience that you hope is good. So you sit down with the expectation of this game is going to entertain me for mm-hmm. many hours. You know, and like same thing with the movie. You go watch a movie, you pay 13 bucks to go see the newest blockbuster to be entertained for at least two and a half yeah, and hours or two hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, hmm. yeah, it's whatever's worth your time. Whatever's worth your time is something you enjoy. Uh, I really like that because I think we associate uh, the word entertainment with kind of lowbrow, um, almost a waste of time or like it's not useful. It's just something you do only on Friday night if you're not doing something more important or whatever. Right. But I think that uh, if we do that, we're forgetting how uh, maybe humans are made for joy and and enjoyment and entertainment, exciting things. And so video games allow an outlet for that. Exactly. Um, And yeah, I think, you know, part of the, part of the whole, the debate with video games as it's been is because, um, you know, like you're talking about when video games came out, parents were so worried about so many things. There was, there was a lot of bad media around it Yeah, because they didn't understand it and, it. and it was kind of weird. It just came out of nowhere. And then it just, it's, it's, it's been this thing that's just can continued to evolve over time. And so for me, seeing how these games have progressed, like we don't just have a platform. You don't have just a Mario game, you know, where you just go across the screen. Like you can, you can go be a whale in the ocean. You can be a warrior that climbs like mountains. You can, you can just be a dad trying to go through this house and <laughs> like, like reconnect with his daughter and stuff like that. It's just like all these crazy experiences that you can have. Um, and there are so much more, I guess, just um, not, I can't think of the word right now, um, but they, you connect with it because you are the person doing the action. Whereas mm-hmm. with a movie, you're taking everything in as as it is on the screen. Yeah, you're not an with any agent uh, with any alteration, or you, you're not affecting anything. But video games are, I think, a bit more powerful in that aspect because you're mm-hmm. able to directly affect what's going to happen. You're like, I'm going to go in this room because I want to. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting because the the thing about uh, a normal or traditional story or book or movie or TV show or something is that the the reader doesn't play an active role in shaping the narrative. So though video games are still a closed or you often closed, like they're closed. There in, are only a certain number of things yeah, you're good. you can do in Zelda. Yeah. For example, closed environment and same characters. Yeah. Same but still experience the, the reader, if you will, or the, the user, the player is still directing the outcome and like, which is kind of, Blows exactly. your mind if you're thinking about the role of, like, the reader in literature yeah. or um, Some, something like that. So, like, so, yeah, somebody could beat the Zelda in five hours, or somebody could literally spend twenty hours in the first area just because they like to, mm-hmm. just because they want to. Now, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, but they're both Zelda. But so they're both like, this, and and they would have totally different experiences. Yeah, so you're getting at like, what does it mean to, like, yeah. play a video game or enjoy a video game? Yeah, and like. We know what it means, but yet it's different every single time. Every single time. It's so interesting. Well, and what's neat about um, the reading thing you said is that although it's it's a it's a predictable outcome in the sense that it's it's written for you, what's going to happen in the book? Uh-huh. The entire time, your brain is creating mm-hmm. these characters' faces, the environments that they're in, um, like everything. And your reaction yeah. to it. Yeah, and that's why like reading is so cool too, because that's. I think where your brain gets to flex its most like creative muscles and its imagination because mm. video games are controlled and you're seeing what the game designers and developers want you to see. But with, with reading, it's like, Hey, 
here's the words, and I'm going to give you loose descriptions, but what you see in your head is going to be totally different than what Jonathan sees in his head. Yeah, which you know? is so interesting. Like, Yet it's the same story. Exactly. So like, and that's why I love when movie adaptations come out because it's like, this looks nothing like what I thought it was going to look like. Like uh, Aragon. Yeah. I don't know if you read those series oh, or not. yes. <laughs> yes. And then that movie. <laughs> I loved Aragon. <laughs> And I went and saw the movie, and I was like, this is so bad. Oh, yes. This is like nothing like what I thought it was going to be like. Uh, I was so upset. Um, oh, yes. Um, <laughs> and then, well, did you read the last book? Yes. Was that was that Brissinger, or was that, uh, I don't uh, know, Eldest? I think it's Eldest. I don't remember. I think it's Eldest. One have, of them. Yeah. I don't know if I read the very last one. Were there four or three? <laughs> there were three. You're making me second-guess myself. I read them all like when there was like, I loved Aragon. Yeah. Mm. So no, there bad. were four because you had no. There were three: the blue, the red, and the gold dragon. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. 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 Nerd. Bueno. Freaking nerd. Um, well, I have two more questions. Okay. Um, this has been a great conversation. I really, I enjoy, I really enjoyed Same. this. So Same. insightful. The the first one has to do with something you brought up earlier about uh, the reason. One of the reasons you enjoy Overwatch is because you can kind of put it away and go and be with Hannah, be married. Minimal investment. Yeah, so what? what is it? How do you negotiate your love for <laughs> video games, which are like a time-consuming activity, but also, so how do you negotiate that with your marriage, but also your various other hobbies? Oh, man. Your beautiful dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have too many hobbies. But... Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question, and it's 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 always a, it's always a, a battle. I think not with Hannah, but I'm just saying with just within myself of like, is this right for me to be sitting here playing games right now when I could be spending time with her or you know doing something else that's gonna help her in some way. Um, and honestly, the only advice I would say or like what's what's helped is like Hannah is very supportive um, of all my hobbies, which is a true blessing. Um, mm. because not everyone would be cool with me having my own podcast room and True. <laughs> and a whole bunch of nerdy toys and very f- expensive gadgets to talk about these nerdy toys and stuff. Especially since she's not really she's into not, it at she's all, not, is she? She's not nerdy. She appreciates it, um, and she loves watching certain games. Um, yeah. You want, you want to take a quick pause real fast? Oh, no, you're good. Oh, sorry. You're good. <laughs> um, so for me... It's it's a lot of just knowing when when it's appropriate when it's not, and that's kind of hard to decipher sometimes. Um, so what we do uh, usually is like if I'm gonna play video games, she understands that. I give her a heads up, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna play. Like Zelda was like a big <laughs> Zelda was you a big prepared one her for that because I played a lot of Zelda. I played close to 100 hours of Zelda, Man. which is the most I've played a game in a very very long time. If that's saying anything, 100 hours in what time span? Uh, probably like two to three weeks. So that wow. that's that's a lot. That is that is almost a, lot. a full-time job. A lot job. of it was done on the weekends luckily, so I would start early in the mornings, wake up and play, and that that helped too. Cuz I wasn't like burning like, you know, viable time in the day. Yeah, yeah. I was up early playing. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a conversation that we have to have and I I'm still not good at this, but it's it's more about like hey, I'm going to play video games. Is that okay? And not like in a sense of like <laughs> she's going to she she doesn't you know, she's not going to decide totally. exactly what I'm going to do, but she's like, you know, obviously like if she has something that she like would like to get done, I'm like, okay, let's, let's do that first. And then I'll play the games later or whatever. It's, it's kind of like a, you work it out. And so, you know, there's days where like she'll watch the office or she'll watch TV and I'll play video games. And that works out perfect because we're both just you kind of doing our own chill. thing. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, well, you know, now we need to go get groceries. We've got to go do this. Let's go do this. And so that's, that's, you know, why I leave that time open. Hmm. But usually it's always like a, Hey, 
I'm going to play video games. Is there anything you need me to do today? <laughs> cool. 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 All right, cool. I'll make sure that gets done. And that's kind of how it works. Um, well, go Hannah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Hannah, if you're listening, I love you because uh, <laughs> it really is so great to have somebody who supports it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, moving on to the final question. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, this gets back to the very beginning of the podcast when we were talking about you showing up at Bellhops. I was just the scared little intern who'd been there for like a week <laughs> and uh, wasn't really sure what the heck was going on at all. Right. Um, fresh, fresh out of the college life. Uh, just sitting there at my little desk against the wall, and then all Our of a sudden, IKEA desks. Oh yeah, that shaky little <laughs> so, IKEA so desk, cheap and not very um, good. And and then all of a sudden, in walks this guy who's seemingly like brimming with confidence, and uh, <laughs> not so much like uh, that presumptuous, like arrogant, like I know everything, but just like I'm fine being really goofy, even though I'm like I'm new here. So, I'm don't new. Like know anybody? <laughs> yeah, just more like comfortable rather than like cocky. Uh, that's what I mean by confident. And um, so I'm wondering, many, many people who are into video games, quote unquote nerd culture, are stereotyped as uh, either reclusive or socially anxious or socially inept. Right. Um, but you're definitely not. So <laughs> more of an extrovert. Were yeah. you? Um, were you that way at one time? Were you ever ashamed of loving, quote, nerdy stuff at one point? Or have you always kind of been like, yeah, this is me and I like it and I'm just going to keep being goofy? I think I was. there was definitely a point in my life where I was, I was definitely conscious or con- not, uh, self-conscious about my, my you know, asphyxiation with, with nerd stuff. So, like, um, my brothers and I all watched anime also. So, we were big into Dragon Ball Z and, like, a bunch of other stuff. Like, a lot of kids weren't watching at times. So, like, we're watching, like, Akira, Miyazaki films, um, and, like, really anything we could find that was animated at, like, the local Hollywood studio or Hollywood um, video store. This blockbusters, you know, rip-off. <laughs> Classic. Um, and we had that deal where we just, like, you could rent three at a time and take them home and bring them right back. We had a membership. So, we would just, we would just rent every single animated, like, huh. film ever and watch them. And so I had this like obsession with anime for a long time and no one, none of my friends liked anime. And so that was, that was like probably the only time. Cause like, you know, I had friends that like video games and they understood that and we would play and it was fine. Especially when Call of Duty came out. Cause I think everyone played Call of Duty, hmm. but for, for a while, like, yeah. And anime is today one of those things where I kind of approach cautiously. Cause I, I mean, I don't, I don't watch as much as some people do, but I'm always like, you know how much am I going to lose this person? It's not. It's not. A, it's not a self conscious thing anymore. Like I'll talk about how I love Dragon Ball Z or these Miyazaki okay. films, and I'll try to like introduce anybody I can to them because they're they're really like fantastic. But I'm just like, I'm like I don't want to lose this person in this conversation. Like if I start talking about anime, like oh have you, have you heard of Miyazaki? They're like oh Miyazaki, who is that? I'm like ah, never mind. <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, but so you're more worried about being inaccessible rather than yeah weird. You don't and, really care that they don't like it yes you just don't want to be like i don't want to alienate them make them feel uncomfortable and so and i think that all spawned from my move uh Hmm. to memphis my second time so so you were um, in memphis i was in memphis moved to ohio for 10 years and then moved back to memphis and i was a junior in high school and so this was still like me like call of duty phase slash you know whatever else and i just remember being 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 forced to be very like outward and and 
uh, kind of like as you explained earlier, like more a bit, a bit more confident um, and just willing to put myself out there because that was the only way I was going to make friends in two years, <laughs> hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, and so that's that kind of spawned, that kind of paired with my like nerdy, uh, just lot, just my nerdy just stuff that I'm into. Um, I think is why I'm that way um, because I was forced to be. Hmm. Uh, I can't think of the word right now. I'm losing my words. I'm sorry. Uh, ex, ex extroverted, uh, <laughs> sorry, nice. extroverted nice. as well as like video games or something I was passionate about. And I was like, if, if I care enough about something, then I think some people should know about it or should know like how neat this one specific thing is, because mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, people, I like to learn about new stuff. I like to be told about something that's interesting that they might want to know about or whatever. Now there's people out there that don't care at all about video games. So I'm not going to try and force it on anybody, but I can usually read something pretty quickly if I'm like will this person be receptive to me talking about video games? And, you know, that's why I created a Slack channel at work where, you know, it's just yeah. literally video game talk. And I built that list of people over time of hops just talking to individuals being like, I, this kid's, I know this kid likes nerds, nerdy stuff. I know he likes this. And, and like, it wasn't just like specific video game stuff. I was like, these guys are all people that are nerdy or appreciate mm-hmm. nerdy stuff. So therefore, they understand video games to some extent. And so I would invite them to the Slack channel. We talk about stuff, and it, it's it ex- extends far enough to like retro favorite retro games, like Super Nintendo games, all the way to like current stuff. And so everybody can be involved in that conversation. Hmm. And so it's just like it's just a yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm that way because of life, life circumstances. Hmm. Um, and uh, as far as like my philosophy is like like what I was saying is like I'm not. I think people care about this stuff more than you think they do, especially now because video game culture and nerd culture is so much more mainstream. You can go into, you can go into a bar or you can go into any like establishment in like downtown area with a bunch of random folks. And I guarantee you, you'll have like out of, you know, 50 people, there'll be at least like 15 or 20 of them that Hmm. are at least nerdy in some aspect. You could talk about star Wars and like, I guarantee you at least 45 of them would have seen star Wars. And then this whole new generation that's watching the new star Wars movies. Yeah, that's gotta be so hmm. weird. That's just so weird to think I about. Bet. Like their first one they've seen is like episode seven or eight. Yeah. I was like, dang. Huh, well, there's an interesting <sighs> trend um, in your life of video games being this thing that's almost counterintuitively a way to meet new people or or an entry point into other people's lives. Oh yeah. Um, like even how you've had people over from work to play video games. So oh, it's, yeah. it's this thing that brings people together in ways that. Again, like we're, we don't usually associate video games, um, but that I'm gonna I'm gonna Google the <laughs> definition of nerd right now because please do um, that'll be good. It'll be fascinating what comes up. Quick, but but like quick thought also like even in high school when I moved to Memphis, I joined cross country because I knew how to meet people really quick and I, I had previously run. But also, everyone had Xbox. Everyone had Xbox, so we all just we we like literally met. And we would play like after practice, you know, that was like one of the first things I said. I was like, Hey, who like who has Xbox? Um, do you guys like, you know, playing Call of Duty or zombies or whatever? And we would we would get on after practice and play Call of Duty. So it was like the same mm-hmm. exact thing. Like it just every single time yeah, it brought a weird, people together. awkward scenario, I just put everything out there I, that I care about. <laughs> yeah, that's like, awesome. I'll find some friends quick. That's awesome. Well, I think the putting yourself out there, even in a non nerdy sense, is it makes people drawn to you. It's always good. Like the lonely intern in the beginning of the summer that that is me so uh we have definition we have the definition of nerd of here nerd. 
and it's pretty hilarious um, and also derogatory. Oh boy, here we go. So here we go. Um, there are two. This is the first one. <laughs> Nerd, uh, noun, informal. A foolish or contemptible person who lacks social skills or is boringly studious. The so, example in a sentence is... So those are all the bad connotations. Exactly. That's where they all come from. <laughs> hence hence why I wanted to have this podcast. Is that Webster's? Um, it's Google. Okay. I don't know where they draw this from. The second one, though, gets into kind of what I want to drive home here at the end. Okay. Um, though I want to tweak it a little bit. Uh, the second definition is a single-minded expert in a particular technical field. For example, ah. a computer nerd. And I think that that first negative connotation is very strong in our culture still. But then the second one is also creeping in because we'll, we'll say like, Oh, I nerded out about West wing or I nerded out about baseball stats. It's more of a verb. Or like, uh, there are some pastors who are theology nerds or, um, and, and so I'm wondering if we can broaden the definition to, it it can still mostly refer to video games because that's just what we're, we're used to. Um, kind of, you talking to people at work and being like, oh, they, they're more inclined this way, so they probably would enjoy a video game discussion. Yeah. But it can also be like, oh, he's passionate about something, so he's a nerd about something. Yeah. So it would be interesting if the word nerd ended up becoming similar to like lover or uh, like passionate or something <laughs> related to I'm into, I'm into this. I'm yeah. a nerd about wikipedia or i'm a nerd about <laughs> so you're saying you um, want more of a connotation with the word nerd to be more of an endearing mm-hmm. like curious it yes. just means i'm passionate about x yes i am i am like i'm a sherlock holmes nerd i care greatly about this specific thing and, and i think that's honestly what nerd culture is now um because hmm. everyone's starting and i think this is great because i think just with all the crazy political stuff that's happening and just the big changes that we're seeing in like our society like a lot of a lot of people are starting to realize oh there people are different <laughs> people are yes. different they disagree on things yes, that i might escape that, that i might like or might not like and so i think that's why hmm. we're also seeing this nerd stuff become more accepted like oh that's so cool that you like harry potter it's like, okay to be different. i have a ton of friends like harry potter oh it's so cool that you like video games like yeah like my son does this or like whatever like it's just it's a ton of hmm. it's a ton of that going like ha- like that kind of conversation happens so much more now than like wow dude you play video games still like how old are you you know it's that that yeah. conversation never happens anymore hmm. that's interesting you know and I'm glad it doesn't because that would be a sad world to be in, I think. <laughs> and yeah, that, was, so and that the, was a world we lived in for a while, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. The Maybe the divisiveness of a lot of our cultural discussions make us maybe more inclined to be like, <laughs> well, they just put people's differences right in our faces. So oh, yeah. that makes sense that things would be more accepted. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's interesting. Dang. Deep thoughts. Boom, 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 video games. Deep thoughts here on BitCast. I did not think this was going to be a longer podcast, but we're no, and at an hour and 11. I guess my actual last question is, actual are you definitely going to bring Mario Kart to work tomorrow? Absolutely. Well, heck yeah. So, so Felipe has one, and Matt has a Switch, so I'll see if he wants to bring his also. Cause I think Sweet. it's going to be a split screen share it. 
But yeah, Ooh. I mean, that's that's the beauty of the Switch. You can bring it anywhere you want. And Literally anywhere you want. Console quality games. It's like the Game Boy all over again, except better. Except like really good graphics. <laughs> <laughs> except you, nothing like the Game pull, Boy. And you can play online. You can play a full brand new Zelda game on it. It's so cool. That's so cool. Well, anyways, um, man, that was awesome. That was that was really good conversations. I feel bad uh, I didn't talk to you as much. I feel like I should have you on for I a know. secondary one. I didn't have that much to say. Ask you uh, about just like all the like reading that you do, and just try to pull that out because I'm not I'm not the biggest. I'm, I'm I like reading, but I'm not as good as you. <laughs> I'm How many books have you read this year so far? You're trying to get like a um, ton, right? I was trying to read one a week. LOL, wow, that's insane. Um, I think I've read uh, five and finished. A sixth. Gosh, and you're working on seven right now, I guess, with me. Yeah. Yeah, and I've also started several more that I haven't read <laughs> all of, but I've just kind of read a little bit. So like we'll see where they I go. I feel like your struggle with reading too many books is like me having too many video games, mm-hmm. where it's like I have all these great things that I want to do, but which Agreed. one? But I can't decide on which one I want to read and right then now. You, you like <laughs> dip your toes into different ones. And you're like, you get like just the worst experience because oh, yeah. you're not fully invested. <laughs> you're just like, this is good. This is good. Yeah. Um, it's all fragmented. I'm just, I'm just reading words. <laughs> totally. And getting them all mixed up. Um, well, cool. So, um, gosh, I, I mean, I don't really have any closing notes, but if you have, if you have any, um, thoughts, if you're a listener, um, or, um, subscriber, please, please write in, uh, to bitblogist at gmail.com, or you can tweet at me at bitblogist, or you can get on our Facebook page and leave comments on there about this podcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts uh, about what you think about nerd culture in general and like what it means to be a nerd to you. Cause I think it's going to be different for everybody. Um, but, um, again, JMO, thank you so much for being here. Um, uh, this was thanks awesome for the podcast. invite. This was awesome. Great first job. Um, you're a natural. Interestingly, we're, we're now, f- uh, Instagram live. Oh dear. So this is fun. So unfortunately that is the end of our podcast. Remember Bitcast is a weekly podcast that covers most things, video games and pop culture. So again, JMO, thank you so much for being here. Um, if you want to provide a handle right now, you're more than welcome to do that. But if you don't want to do that, then that's oh, you fine. can, uh, you can always add me on Instagram at jmore2494. That's a hard one to remember, a, but it rhymes at it's least. It's great. <laughs> um, go ahead and go to bitbloggers.com to see all of our newest content, all of our podcasts, um, articles, and just reviews are up there. So, JMO, if you ever want to write anything sometime about anything, just let me know. I'll put it on there for you. Oh, sweet. Thank you. Uh, get, you get you published. Uh, go ahead and follow Bitbloggers on Twitter or Instagram um, and send emails to bitbloggers at gmail.com. Do remember that the podcast is on Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. And uh, smash that subscribe button whenever you want to because mm, that, that, that helps us. Thank you. Until next time, this has been BitCast. Thanks for tuning in. Let's talk about some stuff. Oh, that's a wrap. That was beautiful. <laughs>